Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Spidey Sense Tingling episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. And I'm also confused. Spidey Sensey? What? You, you know, I... I, Did you just watch that movie or something? No, I don't know why my head went there. You I just had a feeling, huh? I I thought spine tingling, and then I thought, oh well, nerds listen to this, so maybe I'll go with Spider Man because right, you're, you're workshopping it. Okay, I, gotcha. Know, I'm not uh, I'm not a hundred percent on it. I'm probably yeah. much more like like zero percent on it. Um. If I could right. turn back time, if I if could, you could find, find a way, a way I'd take back those stop. words. Please stop. <laughs> that, that hurt you. Cher doesn't deserve that. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe she does. And I'd know. say a better, a better intro. Okay. Well, anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing other than a little silly. I, you know, I, I'm in the mood for silly. Um, oh, good. You know, like we've we've done these past three weeks have been so educational and <laughs> and very just, highbrow, right? You just had an, enough of that, and I I just need you know, like the palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, yeah. they say you know even with horror, uh, like. Uh, like our Ravenloft game, which I've been preparing for, um, you need those moments of lightness and levity to break up the heavy stuff. Of course, um, of course. So I'm I'm in the mood for uh, shenanigans. You gotcha. Know? Things have been mellow on my end. Nothing crazy going on. Just uh, you know the good old day to day, right? Okay. All right. How about That's you. Good. Yeah, just working, doing my job. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of personal uh, things that I've had to kind of fight with and contend with, but I think they'll all be for the good in That's the long good. run. You know, I'm trying to get better at facing difficult things in my life, right? Like, mm. you know, being brave is is not just for these games. I need to do better at my real life. And okay. uh, I took some steps towards that. So difficult, you, but, but necessary. Very good. So that's I'm glad for that. Something that not a lot of people are good at. It's, I mean, uh, I wouldn't say I'm good at it. <laughs> well, I um I think a lot of people wouldn't even take that first step <laughs> of trying. So I think you're yeah. already ahead of the game. Good on you, man. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So I've got some strong willed friends who mm. uh, challenge me from time to time and uh that is something that I can learn from. There you go. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, work's been stressful as it is for most people. And oh, yeah. Uh, but the D&D class is, is still going well. And uh, today we learned about magic. So I felt like I was, uh, you know, Dumbledore giving my magic lesson. Right? How, how'd that go? Did anybody kind of, I there mean, was, you know how yeah. magic is. If there's anything yeah. that can confuse anyone going into D and D it's how the heck do you magic? Well, my, my strategy was go straight to the book, start reading, draw some things on the board, hand everybody like a spell sheet that had like the different levels and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I tried to really attack it in a straightforward way and I just not sure it landed. Mm. I think that, um, the way that, that Dungeons and Dragons chooses to handle spells makes sense, but it, it's a kind of a lot to take in. I would say for it is a person that doesn't really, you know, they've never read a Jack Vance book, right? I never have. Right. Um, they, they're coming from games that use mana systems and, Powerful spells cost more mana, and that's really all they have to think about. Or they have like longer cooldowns. Yeah. So teaching someone like fourth edition was was basically effortless because mm-hmm. they get it immediately. But you know, doing that classical you know spell slot way of doing things, yeah, and that not all classes behave in the same way, you know, was you know, it well it presents a challenge when you're trying to teach one person. It it presents an extra challenge when you're trying to present that to. Th- 30 people mm, that yeah. have little to no frame of reference. Um, although I did have a couple of kids pick up on it a little bit faster. And of course the difference was they've been studying their books and they had already read up on it a little bit and they had questions to ask. And that of course is, you know, is the ultimate test. Like how, um, how willing are you to do your own study and to know this stuff? And, uh, so I was proud of a couple of these these kids for for reaching out, but good. I I could definitely tell a few of them were trying and were just really kind of struggling. It, so I'll I'll have to think of more clever ways to deliver that information in the future. Yeah, I mean, to their credit, they're they're floundering in the same spot that just about anyone learning to play D anD D typically does. Like if you're new to this stuff. Magic is heavy and it can be a lot to wrap your brain around, especially if you're not familiar with this kind of game in general, like go for a play a fighter, your first, your first go through, you don't have to, but you know, once you know what a check is, yeah, you know, it magic is Uh, a, is a lot to try to jump in on. Well, you know, my class is a is a strong mix of male and female. Mm. And, you know, this has been my observation from only doing this twice so far. But the ladies that I tend to teach seem to enjoy spellcasters. And Mm. most women that I have taught this game to or have shared it with tend to lean spellcaster. And so I need to get better at delivering this information. Um. And I don't, I don't necessarily know why that is, um, or if it just happens to be a, a fluke or my limited observation. But um, mm-hmm. Druid, Bard, um, and uh, I'd say Druid and Bard above all seem to be popular choices, hmm. as well as perhaps Warlock um, in some cases. How much do so, you think? Uh, how much do you think that owes to maybe your teaching style or to, you know, to just the crowd, you know? Yeah. Do you think you perhaps even um, like subconsciously favor certain classes? So maybe without meaning to make some sound cooler than others, you know, that's a strong possibility because I tend to like the charisma based classes. Sure. A lot. So maybe maybe it is un- unconscious, but I don't know. I feel like Bard in particular seems to have a certain attraction to people. 
Yeah. So, There's, but to be fair, Bard is the most fun class to play. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried. At I, least I think so. I tried Bard and that did not pan out. But, you yeah. know. Play di- styles or play styles. Di- right. Different strokes. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, speaking of different strokes and changing things up, you want to jump into the topic for tonight? Oh, wow. We're just diving right in. Sounds good. Do Let's we do have, it. do we have anything left? Uh, that I don't we- think so. All right. I don't think so. I haven't seen Godzilla yet, so who cares? Oh, I, I want to. That trailer looks dope. <laughs> oh, it looks fun. You, you know what you're going to get going into yeah, that. No, movie. absolutely. Truth and absolutely. advertising. I love it. Uh, I guess I will say that I've enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far, but that's the last thing I'll say. Fair enough, because I have I missed the second episode, so I need to catch up. Oh, okay. So mm, that's right. probably to look forward to. all for the good. Um, but going into tonight's topic, um, one one thing ever since starting this show that I've wanted to do and we've done it we've done it a bit a few times but I I'd like to start um doing this maybe a little more is so far we've done a lot of episodes that basically give you theory to go on or you know certain principles or um you know sort of teach a man to fish sort of ideas and principles versus here here's a fish that you can use. Um, so what I've wanted to do is have some episodes where we just talk about an interesting idea or come up with a character or plot idea or something that you, dear listener, can pretty much just grab whole cloth from the show or or uh, or change it. You know, or sort of mentally participate in your own way, you know, like my grandmother used to watch game shows and she would play along. She'd have like a little note note paper and write down all her guesses and stuff. Oh, wow. She like actually like did more than like, I think I got like my V. Yeah, I think I got my gene for like the the number crunchy, like gaming from her, maybe. Maybe from her, you know, in a, in a long form way. I never thought about that until right now. She used to watch The Price is Right and basically play along. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 very interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not sure where mine came from. In fact, quite often my, my mom or my dad will look at me and go, where did that come from? Because they don't even, they're like, we didn't do any of this stuff. We, <laughs> we except zero responsibility for how you turned out. You know, she was also a teacher. So I think, you know, yeah, it's all, it's, it's all kind of coming together. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's uh there are a few threads there. There's a few similarities. So Ch- go ahead. <laughs> She's also, uh, well, it doesn't matter. Let's keep going. Um, oh I want to hear your, um, your exercise, right? Because this sounds like kind of a thought exercise and a, yeah. a creative exercise. So, so that'll be nice. The the exercise that we're gonna do tonight, and this this will be fun. This is something I've thought about a bit already. Right. And uh, in spectacular settlements, 
way in the back. If if any of you listening actually have the book, it's on uh, page 444. So that's easy to remember. Um, it is what uh, what I've come to call the great rumor table. And it's a 50 item table of a bunch of different rumors that could apply to different settlements. And there's one in particular that uh, has some potential wide-reaching ramifications depending on which way it's implemented. So now, now hold on, let me interject something here. Go for it. Which is, you know, maybe you should say something about the role that rumors play in, sure. in, in these games in general, maybe it's D&D specifically. What would you say the role of a rumor is okay. in the game? Um, I think that they provide essentially plot hooks, right? Like right. they can also help maybe add a little life to the background. So I'm playing in a game right now with my bard mm-hmm. where there are lots of rumors that we get to collect. Oh, they're you almost collect like them. Yeah, we collect them. So as you go around town, you pick up rumors and some of the rumors have correct information. Some of them have half correct information. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like wild assumptions, you know, and, but when you put them all together, they at least seem to come from, uh, you know, a, a central truth. Mm. And, you know, they, they all sort of led us to a couple of places, but you know, there is, they also played the role of a hint. Yeah. Right. Which is important. So you might learn who to talk to, what to, what to look out for. Um, you know, what some of those dangers might be, maybe what some of the rewards potentially are. Mm. They also, to that end, provide some degree of foreshadowing. Yeah, they definitely so, can. I would agree. So rumors are not just a random thing that ruins your high school life, right? It is, uh, <laughs> for these kinds of games, they're, they're fun little clues and hints to pick up and to, and to look out for. Correct. I would agree totally with that. Um, okay. I think, I think they also, um, have a nice way of being a way to interject strange things or, um, you know, you can easily use them as red herrings or, uh, things like that oh, to yeah. potentially try to send or pull your characters from certain paths. Um, you can, you can do a lot with uh, with rumors. So yes, what we'll be doing tonight is looking at a very particular rumor and basically trying to, through discussion, just kind of play out what this rumor could mean for a typical fantasy world. Um, so we'll just see where this takes us. Um, so first thing I'll do is, uh, is read the rumor itself and we'll go from there. Okay. All right. So the rumor is an expedition into dwarven ruins found evidence of a ritual predating living memory. Findings suggest dwarves used to be quite tall, which made cave living difficult and lacked facial hair. Elves were short and possessed long, luxurious beards. It seems the dwarves performed a ritual 
to steal the elves' shortness. It worked, and they took the beards too. So that is the rumor. You're right. Okay. Couple. That is a very odd rumor. It sure is. And before we super dive in, we're going to like kind of set up the, the general rules of the world so we have an idea of what we're talking about. But basically, assume, you know, your standard kind of uh, Tolkien-esque fantasy world. Of course. Um, and in this case, in the world that we're in, dwarves and elves are typically understood to have at best a contentious relationship. They're not too fond of one another, generally speaking. Um, so when looking at this rumor, one question comes before all the others. And the question is, is the rumor actually true? And I want to explore both branches. So what do you want to look at first? if the rumor was true or if it was not true? Well, definitely that it's not true. Okay. Um, because I think that it's, you know, I, I, you might argue that there are many possible, lo- you know, levels of gray here that like it is, it is untrue for many interesting reasons, potentially, mm-hmm. right? If there's, if there is any untruth to it, it is untrue. Right. Um, whereas it being true, I guess raises more questions, but it does tell you that story. Um, so anyway, I think that that's an interesting place to start. Uh, it's not true. Okay. But, and I think that maybe that's the caveat. It's not true. However, and then you feel okay. <laughs> so if there, there should be some truth involved, that definitely could be. So okay. from there, we, we say, okay, if this rumor isn't true okay who what's the motive here so what would happen if somebody started this rumor that the the dwarves are the way they are because they took the elves original physical state what happened so you're asking you're asking like what is the motive yeah why would someone start a fake rumor right that says that and to me, well, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I would say perhaps to bait someone into investigating it. Sure. Um, particularly a dwarf who might find this sort of information offensive. Mm. Um, and so they may want to go look for it. And then whoever set this trap wants to prey on them in some way mm. um, or to seek out elves for the for similar reasons. Or perhaps uh, as a way to get them to meet and mm. to and to talk about something. So that could be a possibility. The first thing I thought of, because you, you let me know what the rumor was going to be a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought about it a little bit. And I thought, it to me, it sounds allegorical in a way. Like perhaps someone was trying to tell a story. Mm. Right? Like there's like people argue about whether or not certain events in the Bible are meant to be taken literally, right? So the the story of Job, for instance, is something where people aren't sure if one is to believe that Job existed and that, you know, God and Satan played this game with his life, Mm. right? And that maybe it's more of an object lesson 
mm. you know, even by the intention of the writer, um, which I, I can't comment on. But I will say that it's interesting. It is interesting to, in, in either case. And so what might the and maybe this is because I'm a teacher. And so for me to think of it as someone is trying to is trying to illustrate a truth through a story, mm. I think is very interesting. Right. Like perhaps um, the lesson is we're really not that different. Ah, uh, okay. Or perhaps it's something to the extent of dwarves are never happy, you know? And so the real problem is they always seek what others have. They're covetous, right? Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not sure that that's where you were going with this. I, I, uh, that, that, <laughs> that took a very dramatic turn. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're trying to lighten it up. And I was like, well, what if I was thinking about mythology today? That's why. Oh, I'm um, I'm 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 actually going through the Joseph Campbell Hero of a Thousand Faces book now, and we were talking about myth in class. <laughs> I was telling the story about how Loki became a mother, oh, and boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, so I guess that that got me kind of in the headspace. But gotcha. I'm yeah, man. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> Great. Um, like, what do you think about that? Oh, it could. I mean, well, and that's that's just the thing, too, right? Like this whole thing that we're doing is a what if, and there's not right. there's not one single scenario. So that that mm-hmm. could be definitely a possibility. Um, it. Oh, and I was going to say that. You know, perhaps it was meant as a lesson originally, but as it was passed on through time, people suspected that it was indeed true or maybe it had been forgotten. And then this idea had been written down somewhere and then rediscovered and people took it literally. Right. Like, oh, this is like a message from the past. Mm. Right. Where it was actually just a piece of prose. Right. Yeah. That man, there's. Like imagine our civilization got like destroyed and wiped out and then someone like dug it up and saw all of our like Spider-Man paraphernalia everywhere. And they just, well, clearly they worshiped this Spider-Man being (laughs) what a bunch of weirdos. (laughs) Idiots, obviously, obviously, um, man, I, I got nothing for that. So I think it could be an, an interesting hook. For players to explore a dungeon, possibly that has these little object lessons and clues, and maybe halfway they discover, I'm not sure this is literal, and it's about testing their relationships as peoples and cultures. And in a weird way, it's like this this dungeon of trials meant to teach people character and bring them closer together. Wow. <laughs> I think it's cool. I I would I would like that. It is, it is it is cool. I thought you'd like this. You, I thought you'd be excited. You uh you have such a way of <laughs> of did I just ruin your fun? Going in I the did. complete opposite <laughs> direction that I thought things would go in. Man, that's okay. I really like people who are different from me. No. And so this really shouldn't surprise you. It, I meet people that are like me. I hate them. <laughs> Jeez Louise. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it totally could be this place that was meant to be an object lesson and that <laughs> this is just not true at all. And it's to teach someone a lesson. My And yet, perhaps it's true in a spiritual sense. <laughs> I was more thinking if it's false, somebody okay. is starting this to try to drum up some kind of conflict between the elves and the dwarves that they're not doing this to get the attention of like a person. They're trying to make a big stink. So you have, so it's an orc that like started this or something could be, or it could be a, a dwarf or an elf who knows about, you know, maybe someone in power who has a particular, you know, they know about certain pain points and maybe they're a bit fanatical about their culture. And, you know, the for the dwarves, you know, to hear, oh, you know, we're only this great because the elves were this great and we just decided we'd steal it from them. So makes the dwarves look bad and like they owe like the core of their essence to the elves who they can't freaking stand. And then the elves on the flip side have this, you know, potential notion that the dwarves took something from them, which could affront them regardless of, you know, whether they actually would want it back if they had the opportunity or um, or if they're just like, it's the principle of the thing. We had something. It strikes me that a a big deal like this, like something that like goes to mythology and the origin of a species mm. would have to be um, supported by some sort of credibility, right? Because if someone in a bar just said, Hey, did you know that elves and dwarves used to all be short or maybe it was the elves that was short and then the dwarves stole it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you just be like, dude, shut up. You've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> like you've you've had enough to drink sure you need to go you need to go home you, you know uh I, listen i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll drive you home on your horse right there you go you give, to, give me a give me a reins give me a reins you're too give drunk me. <laughs> give me, don't drink in horse right? don't drink another another south mcfarland drink reference. um so that could be so like maybe you go to this place and there's literally like a statue, you know, something carved out and you see this strange, you know, effigy of this like amalgam of a dwarvish elf, which I guess in my mind is a human. <laughs> sure, exactly. Halfway between elf and elf and dwarf, you know. Well, um and I had discussed this with a few of my buddies when we were at Origins. Um a couple okay. of years back. And that is the place we wound up going if like if the rumor had turned out to be true and the information had basically been like squashed or hidden for however long and it came to light and yeah. people start realizing that oh the elves and the dwarves came from these locations instead basically it throws things up in the air and maybe you do find out that really humans are 
half dwarf, half elf descendants yeah. from those two races. And then, you know, that could potentially be extrapolated even further into like uh, gnomes, gnomes being like, um, like an elf and like a another makes experiment or yeah, something like that where like an elf and a halfling perhaps or right. So, um, so you want to know something insane. So I, I literally ran a campaign before you joined the Monday group <laughs> that was about this. What? Yeah. The, my first crack at my, at a homebrew world, the, the grand origin that the players had discovered was that in an effort to defeat the, um, encroaching orcish army uh that they couldn't handle they decided to develop a new type of creature who was short-lived and incredibly ambitious and the two main species that had existed at that time were elves and dwarves (laughs) and they decided to combine the best of both of their worlds with some new ideas and they essentially had reverse engineered basilisks in order to bring life from stone. And so using the dwarven predilection for stone carving with the elven predilection for magic, they they carved out an effigy of something that was between the two of them and breathed life into it. And that was where humans came from. Boom. There you go. And that was, that was the campaign I ran that. Wow. What a great minds, man. I, th- it must come from a, a dream or something, right? There's going to be something that's like in human psychology about that. I don't know. Sure. I mean, because the, I think the whole conflict between elves and dwarves has become such a, it's such a trope, right? Where it's, it's like a fantasy law of nature. Elves and dwarves are like cats and dogs. You know, right? Yeah, it is kind of like cats and dogs. I think that's an interesting way to put it. It must come from this idea of having like a frenemy tribe. Sure, where there are there is so like you're so different, but you have no real reason to hate each other, right? Mm. Like maybe there's rivalry and maybe it's competitiveness. But when something really bad comes along, you band, you band together, and this is something that we see in. A lot of films recently, right? Like Marvel Civil War is about, you know, we have our fights, but then when it we need to, we need to get together. Right. Batman versus Superman did that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I haven't seen King Kong versus Godzilla yet, <laughs> but I kind of feel like that's what it's probably gonna do. You know, so you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm sure. I haven't I haven't read anything about it, but I'm pretty sure they start fighting. They figure out what the real problem is, and then there's a team up. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You're totally going to be right. No, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I'll just call you up, and all I'll say, I won't even say hi. I'll just be like, just, yep, you're you right. Were right. Hangs up. Bye. Click. You'll know. You'll, You'll know. know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they, they show me uh, something more interesting. You you actively hope that you're wrong. You hope absolutely that King yeah. Kong and Godzilla don't team up to beat the tar out of something else. I'll tell you what I hope. <laughs> I hope there's no plot. I hope they show up as they beat the hell out of each other 
occasionally we look at a human going, why is this happening? But then it happens. It's oh. never resolved. And one of them literally dies. And that's the end of the movie. Two hours of glory. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know why we need anything other than that. And I think that would be a wonderful film. Sure. <laughs> Is anyone in doubt about why we are here? No, if they, all- if they team up or in some other way, no one wins or no one loses. I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> I'm going to be categorically upset. I want to, I want half the fandom to be angry by the end of the film and the other half to be happy. Oh man. Then you get, <laughs> then you get the, uh, team Kong team Zilla <laughs> shirts, right? Right. And in two years they release the same movie, but the other guy wins <laughs> dude. Alternate, alternate ending. <laughs> like it's just it's just a bold face cynical cash grab and they don't <laughs> care they don't even like hide it they just own it i would be so impressed <laughs> i i i almost i almost want the movie to play its 99% of its content out and then it gets to a spot and it's the first movie where it has interactivity built right you, into it. You press it. a button. It, it, there's a big <laughs> blue button and a red button. One says Godzilla, one says King Kong, and you literally like, you point at it, you click it with your mouse, you literally scream the word Godzilla or King Kong yeah at whatever the you're watching and it selects the option and you finish the movie with right your- and, it, and if you're in a theater with other people it's you're voting yeah right how great would that be oh and fucking it- godzilla <laughs> won in my movie i was and if, really and if you pick the wrong side you're not allowed to leave the theater until it's over dude <laughs> well how do you wait you don't make the choice and find out until the end. So it would be. Oh, over. yeah, that's that. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't that mean to sense. like poke or. Um, no, that's better. You, 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 you improved it. I don't want to nitpick your plot. Now holes. I don't have to vi- violate people's rights. That's that's always for the best. <laughs> um, I and for the sake of my my meme. I'm my joke. I'm like picturing like. Like after the movie, the all these all these young scrappy teenagers with their this is just Kong or Zilla t-shirts. <laughs> they like meet out in the empty parking lot under one of the lone parking lot lights and like throw down. Like it just ends up being like like people actually rate it really high. Like every critic goes. It's perfect. It's actually the perfect film because it's just this film about nihilism and how nothing really matters. And I, I think that would be awesome. Okay. So do we want to explore any more about how this rumor could be false? I, how it could be false or I'm just the most intrigued as to why, like, you know, the incitement of the conflict 
between elves and dwarves. Or you could go to the flip side of they're making it up in order to try to drum up unity between the two people. And this kind of goes back to uh, what you mentioned about uh, you know, yeah. maybe we're not so different after all. And so someone's not doing this right. to to cause strife between the two tribes. It's but rather to examine something. Yeah. Right. The other thing I thought of was it's an idiom that someone used to say, right? Like, oh, you know, well, the elves ha- were short and had beards first. Like that used to be the saying. And you just said that whenever uh, someone talks about um, coveting or wanting something else or, you know, is basically an old way of saying the grass is greener on the other side of the hill. <laughs> the, and, the elves did it first. <laughs> and, and, and people just like shrugged and they're like, yeah, I guess you're right. Right. Uh, but nobody like thought of it literally. And then someone discovered it and then thought it was real. Right. Or, you know, a bit like the telephone game. Um, right facts are are changed as as they pass between people and uh then yeah you by the time it reaches you at yield tavern you hear something very different than you're supposed to hear what what or at least with different meaning look you're not gonna believe what i heard (laughs) tonight when i was out having me pint get this you (laughs) you want to sit down for this (laughs) The elves not only used to be short, but they bloody had beards. Right. What what the original saying was is that they used to um, be short on their tab while drinking beers. And it got changed from there. (laughs) Seems a bit of a reach. But then again, (laughs) this whole exercise is a bit of a reach. So, <laughs> uh, but you know who it. didn't have a reach was uh, the elves um, mm, because they were short. That's right. That's right. You know, and and it's just a biological fact. If <laughs> the rumor is true, it's just a biological. Bam! Fact. Now that's a segue. <laughs> so. If this is what happens when it's Andrew's topic. Boom! <laughs> Bring in the levity. Um, That's right. <laughs> you know, do the dumb thing, walk the walk, mm-hmm. all that. Um, right. I like it. Per it's fun. Wal- this is what I needed today. Per Walter White's I am the one who knocks. I am the one who does the dumb thing. <laughs> I am the one that falls over that's right because so as to illustrate the point someone has to do it show don't tell that's right that's right see this is the definition of same wavelength uh yes yes i'm i am one with the madness now i see it boom i I see the matrix i you know i always knew you'd come around um so if this rumor happens to be true yeah. You then start, as you said, it, it almost starts to beg more questions. Uh, um, sure. Where you start, you do start kind of deeply examining the origins of creation and like 
you you'll wind up seeing uh, different cultures shift their views on cultures apart from them based on this knowledge. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what if, what if, you know, it seems silly to say, but human culture. Um, well, in the fantasy realm, it makes sense. Yes. In the fantasy realm, um, you start seeing human civilizations adopting this um, amalgam of dwarven and elven like aesthetic and kind of artistic influences. Like mm-hmm. you tend to see in video games a lot. Um, elves tend to be kind of art nouveau, a lot of flowy, organic. Um, Filigree. Yeah. Fancy where silk dwarves tend to be art deco, lots of straight lines, hard edges, symmetry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so practical use. So maybe the human, uh, culture starts adopting those different elements and it kind of goes down the line with, you know, gnomes and halflings and all, all these things where, if you think about a potential strange rumor or world occurrence or anything like that, and you just let your brain kind of run with, man, wouldn't it be weird if blank, and then explore that idea and kind of follow it out to its conclusion? Um, what do you think, Adam? Maybe you can reframe that in a more specific question um, because... I felt like you were doing a mental exploration there. Mm. Um, but okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. I think that in it, where my brain immediately went when you were talking was talking about the differences between their art forms uh, was that the dwarves seemed to be the more inherently masculine sure. and elves more of the feminine. And which again brings me to this idea of like where humans come from is yep. this like unity between the masculine and and feminine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this idea that we, uh, as we are born, we develop, we realize that there is this part of us that is missing that we long for. And when we take a partner, we, we, in a way, explore that wholeness mm. or, or at least we, we hope to. So as one seeks to become like the other or, or take them into themselves, they become more complete, man, that got but, deep real fast. <laughs> Sorry, I, again, I'm 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 going through this book and it goes deep into dreams and the psychology. Um, you know, it's been kind of a kind of a trip. Like the first thing that they talk about in in the Hero of a Thousand Faces is the Oedipus complex. Mm. Um, and where that comes from. And maybe that'll be for another time. But um, so I guess that's just kind of where my my headspace automatically is. But it also, you know, I could say, well, what about orcs, right? Right. What's, what, what's that about? Uh, what about giants? What about whatever? And now if we're talking about Forgotten Realms, this is all prescribed. We already know what all of these things are. Right. Right. And we we can trace everything from essentially their version of the Big Bang, you know, mm-hmm. and, and go from there. But in a homebrew world, we have a lot more um, room to, to play. Right. And to decide um, how these things are connected or, or not connected. Maybe there is a progenitor race that as they desire new attributes, these things come into being, right? 
Ooh, much as you idea. might you might see this in mythology with gods, right? Mm. As as they create each other, they're practically thoughts, mm. right? And they, in a symbolic way, are produced, right, from like a bead of sweat. Um, you know, the child of a god is is produced, right? Mm-hmm. Which is to denote something about labor or work or worry or the need to survive, you know, something like that. Sure. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> Uh, that answer your question? Was that helpful at all? I don't know. <laughs> I see. And this, this is why you don't spread rumors, kids. <laughs> it, it can really get out of control. Like it gets out of control. And this is this is something that I kind of wanted to, you know, put a highlight on, too, is just um, whether or not you wind up with you know, a concrete answer of whatever it is you're exploring. The importance of even looking at what would seemingly be a silly idea and giving it the time of day and letting it sort of breathe can help you come up with some situations for your own games that'll be wholly unique because you're allowing yourself to stretch creatively yes and, and let me offer this as well and this is something that's been going on in in the game i was describing earlier is that um in a way you know if your game essentially opens up in a tavern and there isn't just an immediate job posting and all you have to go on are rumors sure then what the gm is essentially doing through the game through the narrative is asking players what they're interested in mm-hmm. um because let's say you drop the the dwarf elf rumor and they go, that's nice. And they move on. Oh, yeah. Right. I hope you didn't plan your whole campaign to be about this. Right. Yeah. And that yeah, what goes if, into over prepping. But. Right. So three of your your party members are dragonborn. One of them's a tiefling and the other one is a, I don't know, like a freaking bugbear or something. <laughs> and. They're like, did you know elves and dwarves would be the same thing? And they're like, who cares? <laughs> I could have told you that. Everybody knows Everybody. that. Just turn it right around on him. Just <laughs> the guy that's spreading the rumor is like, oh, my God, was it actually true the whole time? I was just kidding. I just, I, um, maybe I had kind of a feeling in my gut. Roll 20 on persuasion. You just roll, rock this guy's world. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's he stops drinking forever on the spot. <laughs> Everything I ever knew was a lie. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why playing Bard is the best class. <laughs> Bam, persuasion. Persuasion. Um, remember, kids, persuasion is not mind control. Anyway. Um, also remember that I think technically uh, you cannot crit on a skill check. So if you got a 20 in persuasion, it doesn't necessarily mean you just auto persuade everyone ever. But it would be funny if that particular guy was persuaded and maybe you should consider it. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? We show up, we go, there's a rumor that, you know, bandits did the, and there's another rumor that, that a dragon showed up and burned the, and then there's another rumor that princess so-and-so is traveling on her way to the wedding to in order to land. Right. 
And uh, then players are like, oh, you know, uh, let me ask more questions about this wedding that's coming up. And you're like, okay, bingo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. And now you've got some place to to take them. And um, hopefully you have like no matter what they picked, the road encounter was the same thing. Right. Right. Because you only had so much time to prep. But that decision might be something that becomes more pr- specific for the next session after the GM's had some time to prepare. Right. So that would be, that would be kind of my advice and just sort of using rumors in general, like how are these as, as basic tools? Right. Mm, yeah. So I like rumors. What do you think would be an interesting rumor to that, uh, that GMs listening could incorporate into their world? Like just go nuts. So I would say I would never, I would not usually want a rumor to be given. I guess it's more of a rule about rumors was just to say, I wouldn't want it to be always exactly what the rumor says. Rumors should be false usually, or at least have falsehood about them, but they should also be true. I think nailed in, it. in, in that, <laughs> in that they have truth about them. Right. Like when the players get there and they discover what's going on, they should go, Oh, right. Right. At least that's, that's my thought, right? Yeah. So someone says they swear that they saw um, a dragon, right? And it scared them and they ran off. They left all their goods behind, but nobody's seen a dragon flying around at all. Mm. But these people are, swear that they saw one. And then another person is like, no, I saw the same thing in the same place. But luckily we were able to sneak away, right? But we were really freaked out about it. Um the next guy's like an hour later I was there and I didn't see anything. Mm. So you go and you investigate and weirdly enough, there's trees all over that have been cut down and you're like, what the heck? What's up with this clearing? Like I thought they'd be like burned if there's a dragon around. Right. Yeah. And you know, one clue leads to another turns out a group of bandits are, they've made a <laughs> mechanical dragon out of wood and pulleys in a loudspeaker and the thaumaturgy cam trip. And um, it's far enough away <laughs> that most people buy it and they drop their stuff and run away. Holy crap. Do you hear that? <laughs> so I think that'd be funny. That would be okay. So there's, there's <laughs> one rumor that you can have dragon is terrorizing, but is actually Robo dragon owned by bandits. it's actually two guys in a in a suit, right? With some one, sticks. One, one guy's the front, one guy's the back. The guy who's the back is like, "Come on, let me be the front for once." The guy's like, "No, I'm six inches taller, so I should be the front because it makes it so much more convincing." He complains again. I swear, if I didn't promise mother on her deathbed that I wouldn't kill you. <laughs> I swear. Ah. So now we're, now we're getting into true cliche territory. Gregory, but, you're um, such a disappointment. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of Hopper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From a bug's life. <laughs> <laughs> Played by Kevin Spacey. Oh, that freaking guy. Oh, man. I 
Uh. We just watched the uh, the SNL that yeah with Maya Rudolph, Maya Rudolph, and she's going through the hallway, (laughs) looking at all the the portraits of these photos celebrities that she had fond memories (laughs) of. Kevin Spacey. She finds Kevin Spacey. Oh man, face. Yeah, I saw that too. Oh, that's unfortunate. She's funny, man. I'll tell you. I like Maya Rudolph. She's great. She was very, very freaking funny. Um, but yeah, you know, I I love these kind of meandering conversations, and I know that they are not in the um the the typical well, this helps us not be too pretentious, right? Or at least you. Yeah. I think I still managed to come off kind of pretentious this episode. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I let my beard down, you know? I just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I take it out. No, of it's the, good. It's a, it's a good palate cleanser. Um, it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun exercise. I, I like making stuff too. And I, I'd like, um, I'd like to see us, uh, creating on the show more because, um, I, I want, I want folks to be able to come here and sometimes listen to an episode where we go, here's an idea that we had. Well, and we, and we did with this, this with the villain, right? Right. With our, with our orc. Right. Who wanted to stop the plague. Right. Oh man. I, I just had uh, my buddy who we talked about last time who put up the review of spectacular settlements and stuff. He Mm -hmm. just, messaged me might have been earlier today saying that Ovok the Purger was awesome that he had, oh, great. He had literally <laughs> just gotten to that episode I think he said it was episode 15 um, right yeah which was that exact episode right so yeah creating stuff Man. is fun I want I feel like we're in touch with the universe right I think that's what's happening it it really, I think it really is. You know, you just. We've managed to tap into the zeitgeist. <sighs> it's a good feeling, isn't it? You know, all is right with the world. I think it's a little sweaty, but other than that, it's okay. we like it sweaty. Or it's just warm in my house. One or the other. <laughs> well, it's Arizona. So if you're not sweating. Indeed. You, then you have. You need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you, need to see. you have a condition, son. <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> why? Why is it Colonel Sanders? I I, I was going for uh, like the random guy in Avengers that discovers Hulk after he fell out of the uh, helicarrier, but I guess I accidentally added the accent because I was also thinking about the the Bayou Bullfrogs. <laughs> I said, I said, get out of my swamp, boy. <laughs> You're not listening to me. You got to open your ears, son. Open your ears. <laughs> Foghorn leghorn, ladies and gentlemen. The big bad evil guy, obviously. <laughs> I said, I said, get off my lawn. Now that his scapegoat, Pepe Le Pew, has been <laughs> finally disposed of, now he can move on with phase five of his plan. Oh, my God. Okay, so... <laughs> the very vivid image of a D&D campaign where all the big bads are literally Looney Tune characters like 
You just described them as like awakened chicken, awakened rabbit. Yeah. Awakened duck. Awakened duck hunter. <laughs> right. <laughs> awakened <laughs> duck hunter. <laughs> Killed a rabbit. <laughs> I mean, I guess he'd be a rabbit hunter too. Awakened hunter, I guess, is... Uh, is what we're driving at. <laughs> so, I think this brings up the really important question that listeners really want to know, which is what your take is on the Lola bunny changes for Space Jam 2. They changed Lola? Okay, well, that answers that question. Um, Did they ruin her? I No, I wouldn't. I mean, she's a little different looking. She looks more like a person, I guess, and less like... We want something that that brings me from childhood into adolescence in an instant. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what it like came out, right? Sweet Jesus, look at this rabbit. (laughs) Why did this have an effect on he'd go home and he'd stare in the mirror (laughs) for a while after that when asking a lot of questions? Um, Who am I? (laughs) <laughs> is this okay? Sure, it's so okay. I, Why wouldn't it be I, okay? I don't think Wait. I'm the only one that experienced this the first time watching Space Jam when I was like, I don't know, 13 or whatever it was. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> Are you guys seeing this? Are you guys seeing this rabbit? That's a rabbit, right? <laughs> Pretty sure that's supposed to be a rabbit, but I don't know. You guys, I need a lot of counseling right now. Um, So much counseling. So I guess that's your homework is to (laughs) learn about Lola Bunny and her changes. What did what did the eponymous they do? To Lola freaking well, they bunny. just they just tone down the sexuality is really all that's that's all so is so, that a drawback for you yeah absolutely I'm not watching space jam this is nonsense god damn this space this jam is, one or bust back when they I knew how was, to make a fucking movie <laughs> <laughs> I the truth is, I don't care. Well, my kids watch it, and and that'll occupy them. Great. Then we're in. It's I'll just load up Space Jam One. The that's classic. right. I still have it. If I really care, which I clearly don't, because I bought it at the five dollar bin at Best Buy, and we've seen it once. Oh, since. where it's not even like on a shelf. It's in a. It's, yeah, it's in literally a bin. in the. It's in that bucket, you know, like just like the, the pit of despair. One of the, fi- the one of the fiberglass DVDs are. One of the fiberglass panes on the side is cracked. None of the other ones are, but you know like, that like a an eight year old just crashed into it headlong for some reason. It's like three of them for ten dollars. Yeah. Oh, the sign is like half peeled off. It's like three, four, and then you can't really see how much you actually have to pay until you unroll it. Three, four, oh, 75. You pick That's it through it, and there's like a loose all. Band-Aid in there. Oh, you know? God. It, it, this is changing from being a, a media section of a Best Buy into a like 
a really dangerous Chuck E. Cheese ball pit from the mid 90s. Or any place in a normal Walmart, right? You know? Um, <laughs> wow. Shots <laughs> fired. And at a Walmart, those shots might get returned. <laughs> that is, uh, no, not anymore. That's uh, no longer a thing. Oh, that's a shame. Um, is it a shame? Yeah. I think it's a shame. It's a crying shame. This is not a political podcast. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there are only two parties. There's only two parties that matter. Kong and Godzilla. Damn right. And with <laughs> that, thank you. Let's stop talking. Everyone for hanging out with us. <laughs> if you're still here somehow. <laughs> Please still be here. This is the best episode we've ever done. Uh, Clearly. In particular, we want to say thank you to Spike and Logan. And if you'd like to get your name on the show, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and support us at the $5 level, as well as a shout out on the episodes. You'll also be able to vote on You ever read something out loud and you just hiccup right in the middle of it? (laughs) No. Just throws off your rhythm something fierce. Um, Everyone, go check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash inspiration point. Discord server, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And please make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you found us. And if this is your first time listening, be sure to download and check out our other episodes. You should be able to find us on most major pop <laughs> podcast podcast platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> and if you listen via iTunes, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you think in the comments. You can find our website at inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspirationpointpodcast and on Twitter at IPRPGcast. So explore your ideas, explore your imagination, and until next time, stay inspired. Bye! Bye!